when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. What's good, Internet? It's Monday, June 22nd, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 323. I'm your host, Austin Walker. We got a full house today. I'm joined by Gita Jackson. Yo, what up? Ricardo Contreras. Hey. And Rob Zachney. It's way too hot. Yeah. It's way too hot. It's way too hot. Uh. It's breaching nine today. It's so humid. It's it's so humid. I hate, this is the one thing I hate the most about New York summers is the humidity. It's just yeah. oppressive. It's just bafflingly, impossibly bad. We're approaching just dangerous levels of like rotting garbage smell outside and it's yeah. only June. Like it's usually June. it's not this bad until August. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm again so glad I got this air conditioner installed for the first time in my life in New York, which is ridiculous, <laughs> but I, it's going, I'm going to get through it. Ida, I understand that you are moving into a much cooler apartment soon. Oh my That's god! Good. Not only is it cooler, but it has air conditioning. <laughs> like like ooh, like central air. Uh, well, it's those things where it's like those the weird wall. units. The yeah. wall units, like the yeah. yeah. Okay, but I mean, at least that means we'll <laughs> yes. save a little bit on electricity because we will not be having those on all of the time. Yes, and you won't be bleeding the the air out from like the little gap in your window from the, the it's, yes. It's not a perfect fit. Yeah, uh-huh. and a growing yeah. assortment of just disgusting towels like uh, jammed yes. desperately uh-huh. into the gap, uh-huh. like your Pacino and insomnia, like trying uh-huh. to seal out the light <laughs> of, of truth and conscience. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Kata, exactly you, like that. that a little too close to home. What happened there? You- <laughs> Uh, just stuff uh, like newspaper in the gaps, uh, but then removed it once, and it was not the amount of dead bugs. And, and it was a bad scene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's gross. just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> the summer is bad, and the sun should feel bad. You know, I love the summer. Actually, I was born in California. I feel like very much like a person who is meant to be outside in warm weather but mm-hmm. i gotta say 75 degrees is like the maximum anyone should ever feel i can get to 85 if it's dry i mean this is the thing yeah right? true. Like, pre-industrial right? summers must have ruled oh my god yeah, right sure <laughs> totally great. absolutely uh unfortunately we are we are we are living in post-industrial summers and soon there will be more of those than anything else <laughs> See, Rob, we've inherited a ruined earth, so uh-huh. we're just stuck with this. God. And speaking what? of ruined earths, video games. <laughs> waka waka. Uh, again and again, these video games we're playing are about what if the earth was worse than it is now? Uh, and they, they struggle to keep worse? up. It's amazing <laughs> how they keep finding ways that the earth could be worse. God. I was- <laughs> 
I was just a brief aside, I promise. I mm-hmm. was re- while reading this dumb comic because I was trying to figure out if comics are good. It turns out a lot of them are still bad. Um, it's called Undiscovered Country, and it's got a great concept, which is that the United States has just completely sealed itself off for 30 years, and the entire world has to develop on its own without our GDP or our national debt to bolster their economies. Um, and then there's a message that releases, and a, you know people come to visit Earth for the first time. And in the hands of like a good writer, that would be like a good thing. That would be like an interesting concept to explore. Uh-huh. In the hands of bad writers, they created like a virus called the Sky Virus that you know, makes what? people bleed blue from their eyes, and you went is like uh-huh. crop dusting with poison to kill all the sick people, and it's just like there's an actual real pandemic happening right now. <laughs> You didn't have to make up a virus mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. gives you the twists, you know? God. I just wish people would be less goofy. Anyway. Dude, you can see it as America goes galt. Yeah, America goes galt. Unfortunately. Comic the book writers, then, dude. The, the world's actually way better, and like things are fine, and everyone's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, pretty much. Like The world is going okay <laughs> except for this pandemic, it turns out, in this, uh, in this universe. And the only reason they, America comes up at all is because the Americans claim that they have a cure. Of course we do. Um, um, anyway, don't read it. It's not that good. <laughs> Bodied. Uh, God. Um, what? 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 Uh, let's 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 start with like I guess the the bigger the biggest thing in in the room, which is we haven't talked about Last of Us since we did the, the I almost said spoiler cast, which is, couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth. Yeah. Because the embargo man, I mean, in fact, could not talk about specific details. Kado, I know you were playing Last of Us too. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about ruined earths. <laughs> I have not. I, I I finally firmly came down on the side of like, I don't need to play this thing. I don't need to. It's fine. I can move on. Um, uh, very very similar in some ways to the when, when Uncharted 4 came out. And I was like, no one needs to fucking hear me complain about that game for <laughs> an hour. Because you know that's what it's going to be. I'll play it for, for 30 hours. I'll complain about it on here for an hour. No one will be bettered by it. Uh, and also now the difference is when when, uh, when Uncharted 4 came out, I was just like, eh, I don't know that I like these. Uh, and now I'm like, eh, I don't know if I like these. And also here are some really frustrating reports and allegations about 100 hour work weeks and the dismissal of sexual harassment claims. And so like it's it's been uh, for me, the scale has been pushed all the way to I don't need to engage with this fucking thing. But Kato, I am curious how you are finding your time with it. Uh, if you found that it's worth worthwhile yet, or or just where you're at with it, um, so I'm still pretty early. Uh, I think like nine hours in, um, and so far things are things are all right. You know, I'm waiting for that turn to happen where I hear yeah. that you know things kind of go sideways a bit, and then it just stays dour for the rest of the time. But for right now, it's uh, you know. It's a it's an interesting follow up to The Last of Us, and I, I'm actually kind of trying my best to, uh, play it without killing anyone that I don't kill in the cutscenes. Um, except for the zombies. The zombies, there are definitely moments where you're like forced to kill zombies, but like if any encounter comes up where I'm sneaking around humans, I'm trying to get out, and so far, like it's possible in every encounter I've had with other humans i'm um, very curious if that will change some of the thematic con- not changes it won't change the right. scenes but make the thematic content of like look at what revenge makes you do 
any different, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I'm curious, and I've actually run into one or two times where um, going non-violently has changed, or at least seemingly changed something. Like, mm. there's like a couple, there was actually one or two zombie rooms where I left, I also snuck past. Like, I'm playing on on hard just to make it kind of, like, uh, a little bit more challenging to get through those rooms anyways, but I got out mm-hmm. of a zombie room, and the door at the end was partially bar- barricaded. And what happened at that moment was I had to have Ellie push through the door and Dina actually took up like a de- defensive stance because we knew the the noise was going to attract the zombies that were in that room I had just snuck through. Right. Um, and then we had to like barricade it on the other side. And I wondered like whether or not if I had just cleared that room, like that doesn't happen at that point, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it seems like they've uh, kind of at least partially accounted for trying to make it through without with like getting as few kills as possible. But I'm not sure whether or not, I don't think it's going to make any large difference in the, in the narrative probably, but mm-hmm. um, so far I'm, you know, enjoying it cause it's still nice. You know, it's like still mostly like about uh, Ellie and Dina right where I am right now. And those moments are good and, you know, interesting interpersonal like story stuff is happening there. I love playing the guitar it's silly, but <laughs> it's there, it's a good time to sit down and just like strum wildly at a at a guitar for a bit for no reason. It's fun. It's um, weirdly impressive, like the fact that you can pick you can, out individual yeah, strings on uh-huh. the touchpad and change key uh, is incredibly cool. It like, made me feel like weird... I could almost like, oh, you know what? Maybe I could pick this up. You know, look, uh-huh. at, this sounds good. <laughs> uh, just fucking around with it, but yeah. Um, cool. it's been okay. I feel <laughs> like I'm just at, I'm about to hit serious shit. I've, there was the first like revenge kill that happened. Um, but like the second, I don't like not getting into any spoilers, but they're like certain events with the like list of people that she has that like kind of has taken the wind out a bit of the revenge story. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't. I don't want to get into spoiler. I'm sure we're going to do a spoiler cast eventually. But yeah, I know Patrick still. Whenever Patrick also. finishes that uh, right. sometime in 2021, uh, <laughs> yeah. he keeps up his 35 minutes a day uh, that is, pace. I talked to him the other day, and that is what he said he's doing, which is oh, oh, Patrick. We'll have Patrick back very shortly, and we can grill him about about his gaming habits directly soon enough. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't shame him like that. Like he's got no. more important things to do. Yeah. Like he has he has humans to keep alive. Yeah. Uh, but also, <laughs> quite, like, yeah. You know, quite you can also literally, pick up the pace. he has he does not have time for this shit. You know, right? <laughs> like, totally, totally. Patrick's also, I'll be, too old for this shit. I'll be honest. It's not that like I, if I'm looking at my recent Steam library, my own put 35 minutes in a thing <laughs> per day and then not ever make any real progress. Like, I, this is extremely pot calling the kettle black. It's just that <laughs> instead of putting 35 minutes into a single game uh, over the course of a week and, and eventually getting, you know, to the end of that week and having a, a few good hours in it, I played 12 different Steam demos as part of that summer demo thing uh, and put, you know, between 30 minutes and an hour into each and didn't – and even, even in some cases where there was more demo, I didn't commit to continuing to play because nothing was filling the void in my heart. 
is if I'm being 100% honest. Um, let's slow down and talk about those some of the demos I played before <laughs> we talk about what I really fucked up and thought I could fill the void in my heart with. Um, <laughs> Rob, I know you played also some uh, Iron Harvest. Yeah. The, the um, uh, Jacob Rosalski-inspired uh, uh, kind of Company of Heroes-esque RTS. Almost is- more than ask. Yeah, dude, it's Company of Heroes with Max is what it is. <laughs> what do you what do you think of it? Uh I think it was basically so as a Company of Heroes style game and something mm-hmm. that is really hewing closely to Company of Heroes 1, it does the job pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm. Like there is something to be said for being a pretty competent uh imitator of an all-time great RTS. I don't think it White reaches those levels because if you remember Company of Heroes, so much of it is about how granular the use of cover was yes. in that game, how like seamlessly infantry units like used the cover that was around them, and you didn't have to worry too much about placement. Uh-huh. I don't see that same level of refinement from your troops in com- in uh, Iron Harvest. Uh-huh. So it does feel like a looser Company of Heroes, which is not a flattering part of the comparison. But I think the the it largely confirms my reservations about that game, even if the imitation is better than I thought it would be. The thing it doesn't get at for me is any of the weird uncanny quality of the artwork that inspired it like it's just company of heroes and then there's little tin can mechs running around which look a lot like the orc mechs in the original like dawn of war games (laughs) like there's they're bigger than the infantry units but they're not to scale they're not impressive and you see the splash art of like you know Eastern European, uh, Polish, Ukrainian peasants, you know, working in the field and then a towering mech the size of a, you know, the size of a grain elevator in the background. And that's a cool image. Uh This game doesn't bring that across at all. Instead, it's just like little tiny toy mechs uh, running around that have different specialties. Yeah, totally. I'm with you there for sure. I I feel like the the perspective like is never going to do it justice in a sense, because even if they were to scale like even if the ones here uh like the one with like the big long <laughs> rifle and like bayonet that kind of stomps around like the, the kind of most trash canny of the ones you can build in this in this model or in this this uh demo um even if that was to scale i'm not sure it would sell to scale from an isometric perspective where i'm still using uh, they have to cut they have to walk across the same bridges they have to use the same environmental stuff um and uh you know i'm i'm it turns out I'm a connoisseur of mech things, uh, and so and so when you take a look at the original 1920 plus uh, art, which is which is what like that that set of art is uh, by Jacob uh, Rosalski uh, that goes on to inspire also games like Scythe. I I wonder if this just isn't the format for it because the the scale at which these things are supposed to have hit everyday life and warfare is not the tactical level. It is like the strategic level in, in a weird way. It's like their industrialization is what they are, right? And so it's like you don't just have that – industrialization doesn't just happen in a single place. It happens across a huge a huge spread of places and that is like the effect of industrialization. And so I do, I do think there might be like a, a weird disconnect there. Um, but I also had a pretty good time stomping those robots around. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a thing that I don't think Company of Heroes had. Um, which was uh, um, 
the ability for your infantry to switch classes on the fly by like looting an enemy unit and being like, all right, well, right now we need to flamethrower units. Uh, we took out this enemy flamethrower troop. Let's grab their gear and become flamethrower units until we want to switch back. Um, and I don't, I, again, I think it's kind of like, it's very goofy because that's not how any of that works. And yet, I have a good moment of like, okay, if I can switch over to the flamethrower unit and, and then charge in, I can clear out this uh, this this foxhole really easily, and then and then and then push up and grab another resource node. You know. So memory serves. Company of Heroes uh, did do something a bit like that, but okay. it wasn't as dramatic. Like units wouldn't completely reclass. What Company of Heroes would do was. Infantry could always take over crude weapons. So right, right. if you kill a mortar crew, you can take their mortar. And then the appropriate size crew will depart the infantry squad and infinitely become like mortar troops. And then the depleted rifle squad uh, is left there and you can run them back and replenish them with right. recruits. Right. I don't think it – yeah, it didn't go quite as far as like, oh, these engineers, uh, they're heavy gunners now. <laughs> and they all have heavy guns. Uh, it goes a bit further in that way, uh, but it definitely does create a bit more of a. Um, you'll you'll end up in situations where it's kind of it's kind of goofy and funny, mm -hmm. where you'll be desperately trying to basically respec your army on the fly with the uh -huh. shit that's lying around. Where <laughs> yes. like a mech shows up, and suddenly like that anti mech squad that you just devastated a few minutes earlier, the corpses like where they've still where they're still wearing their like heavy guns. Suddenly, that is crucial that your guys get to. And so you have yes, one squad yes. run out, try to be like, hey, mech, shoot us. While, you know, your other guys, like, drop their machine guns, grab the cannons, and, like, open up on that mech. That's kind of cool. It It's also very, like, yakety sacks yes. at times uh, in, in a fun and good way. Yeah. Um, this makes me think of actually another thing that I almost wasn't going to talk about this week. But uh, um, let me let me shout it out at least. A game that is the most Austin Walker shit I've ever seen in my life, uh, call, like in across every possible matrix of figuring <laughs> out what that means, it's called Chaos Galaxy. It is, um, it is like a an SNES style, like Romance of the Three Kingdoms, like 4X game, uh -oh. <laughs> um, set in space. Set in, uh, made by, you know, a, a, a small, small development team on the outskirts of what you would consider, you know, mainstream game development. This is someone whose job previously, my understanding is, was previously translating Warhammer stuff into Chinese. Um, they're from China, the creator. Uh, and it is, it is really good looking pixel art, space, 4X, like... Uh, mechs and giant spaceships doing battles in asteroid fields uh, while you work your way through a tech tree and expand across a galactic map and factions interact and yes it is very much Romance of the Three Kingdoms in the sense that like the faction I was playing as was loyal to the Empire and then literally oh my god so the the way the game works is you basically have a you pick a faction. Your faction has standing with a bunch of different factions. There's like 14 spread across this map of the galaxy. And the map of the galaxy is just a bunch of dots in front of a JPEG of a galaxy because video games. Um, and you kind of have a goal uh, for every faction. Every faction kind of starts with like a, a Q 
key rival. Um, and I was playing as, I believe, the North Sky Fleet, uh, who are loyal to like the Space Empire. Um, and the premise of the game is there was a Space Empire uh, aliens invaded, and the, it was a good thing there was an Empire because we were able to stop the aliens from killing everyone. But afterwards, everything kind of... Uh, uh, factionalized all the the power the emperor the space emperor had was diminished because suddenly there were warlords who had built their own private fleets and there were pirates who were people who stopped being part of the the imperial fleets and now they were creating their own pirate fleets and blah blah and there were mercenaries who da 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 anyway I started as like a loyal servant of my favorite space emperor and uh, which is the name of the light novel <laughs> my favorite space emperor um, <laughs> and uh, you start I started off with like a rivalry with this pirate clan and I literally beat the shit out of them uh, beat them back to their home world was in the middle of invading their final home world when the coup at the capital happened uh, oh, and no. the emperor I think the emperor dies maybe and then it splits into two bickering factions the one of which that I sided with immediately made peace with all of the pirate clans because they didn't want to fight a war with two fronts. And I'm like, I'm on their home turf, dog. Like, give me another month. This war is over. I can't believe you've done this. Uh, and that is a good <laughs> feeling for me, Austin. Like, that, I love that feeling. And so when you're giving me that feeling and also you've given me kind of a fun Super Nintendo style 4X game, a shout outs, you know, it's, I think it's like a, a $20 game, not even it's a $15 game. So uh, it's worth your it's worth your attention if what you like is that style of SNES era console 4X game, which which the thing that made, it made me realize and this comes back to Iron Harvest is I do kind of like one of the things about about those simple strategy games um, is that there's no shipbuilding. There's no there, there's not a lot of like fiddly parts um that doesn't mean there's not differentiation with the characters and the units there was a character um that i had there's like a, a mech unit type called i forget the exact name i want to say um it was i can't think it up i can't think of oh you know what it is it's whatever the chinese name is for the auto crossbows of of ancient china that like were a, a part of uh like the repeating the repeating crossbow because it's basically what if there was a giant it's called the choke the chokonu um which is a type of repeating crossbow from the warring states period uh, except now because this is space it's a repeating giant beam cannon um <laughs> oh and God. the game did something really cool which is like it gave me one of those units under the command of one of my commanders and I was nowhere near being able to build a second one in the tech tree and it has one of my favorite tactics abilities which is when it gets a kill it gets to move again uh, and so you get this incredible thing where you're setting up like, all right, I'm going to try to weaken the fleet, the enemy fleet, and then, and then like, checkerboard king hop my way across the map, killing one, one unit and then another and then another, and then getting a synergy between that and my commander's ability, which made their attack stronger. But if that thing goes, I'm done. Like, this is my, this is my war engine. This is my Gundam. This is it. If this thing fucking dies, I do not win the war because I'm just not good enough at the regular tactics. I only have this one super unit. Uh, and, and I can't, I have to put it in risk in, in harm's way because it has to get pretty close to do its damage. Uh, and so shout out to Chaos Galaxy for giving me that little, that little respite, uh, uh, of, of fun throwback retro 4X tactics. Um, it's, it's 15 bucks. It's worth checking out. Um, what, what didn't give me, what didn't give me respite were some of the other demos I played because they are so cool that I couldn't keep playing them. Did you, have you all seen Paradise Killer? 
No, I haven't heard of that, no. All right, I'm going to link you Paradise Killer. Paradise Killer, like... The gritty reboot of Paradise Lost. God. <laughs> um, well, I was going to say know, the gritty reboot of Paradise Kiss. <laughs> God. <laughs> the, this game has the most... It, you ever play something that's just immediately like, oh, I'm committed to my shit. I'm 100% committed to my shit, and you, you're going to have to fucking deal with it. You're going to have to deal with what the fuck we are talking about. Um, so, like, I have a screen here that I took of, it looks like a dead, like, a dead, cool, what if the Pope had to go to the Met Ball? Um, oh, my God. Uh, and it says, <laughs> an investigation this. of the okay. heart of madness begins. Lady Love dies, must find the facts and assemble the truth. The road to her truth will be a long one. The journey will be hard. The light of her truth glows dimly, but with facts, it will shine bright. Who killed the council? Last night, the council was murdered as they birthed the next island through meditation. Was it a power play or killing for kicks? Who did it and why? And the person who is dead here is named. I have to find their name because I remember their name being incredible. Um, Please find their name. <laughs> oh, I'm on it. Uh... Fuck, do I not have their uh I don't have their name, but I do have this name or this screen of a bunch of other important character names like Grand Marshal Akiko 14, Carmelina Silence, <laughs> Crimson Acid, Doctor Doom Jazz, which I think might be, might be gimmick infringement, but it is what it is. Henry Division, Listen. Lydia and Sam Daybreak, The Witness to the End, and Yuri Knight. Uh, also, wow. KHX, like it's in these names are incredible. The, okay. uh, the this what this game is is a first person, first person Phoenix Wright, like oh my God. walking sim. Um, oh my god! You're like walking. You're like walking around. You okay? Well, I actually have a great screenshot. The game opens with you stuck in prison. Uh, oh my god! For you were exiled because you you didn't do a good job like a thousand years ago. Sorry, I said a thousand years ago. Three million days ago. It's three million four thousand seven hundred and sixty nine days ago. You didn't do a good job in the weird society you're in. Detail. It's I, so dude, good. This is what this game is. Uh, what? I I tr like I I will just read. Can I read from you? Read for you just the intro of this Please. game because That's all I want. <laughs> I don't understand it, but it's committed to its bit in such a way that I can't but feel like it. There is something here. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes you Absolutely. start a game and you're like, "What is happening?" Um, the syndicate created the first Paradise Island to worship their dead alien gods. Guided by leader Montserrat, the syndicate attempted to, to attempt to resurrect the gods by forcing citizens into psychic worship rituals. However, the worship invites demonic corruption from beyond the stars. The islands always fail. The islands die, and a new Paradise Island is born. The cycle repeats. Island sequence thirteen. Lady Love Dies, the syndicate's lead investigator, is deceived by the god Damned Harmony. She endangered paradise. Her sentence is eternal exile. The island could not be saved. Demonic corruption began to infect the fabric of paradise. The island died. The citizen slaughter ritual took place. Another paradise island failed. The cycle always repeats. Lady Love Dies watched from exile in the idle lands as each island was birthed and died. Each iteration got closer to perfection. Demonic corruption events decreased. Demonic corruption events decreased. <laughs> island That's 24... Old. Island 24 was almost perfect until Henry Division, a lowly citizen, got too close to the gods. He allowed demons to flood the island. 
The citizens were once again slaughtered, and the council began their meditation to end 24 and birth Perfect 25. But before they could complete it, Paradise was killed. And so the premise of this game is you're stuck in a cyclical, like, post-Earth, post-human utopia that, uh, like, inevitably gets destroyed by demonic genocide, I guess. But in this particular instance, they've built the next the next iteration of existence, but died. The council gets killed before they can move into it. And so you've been brought out of your exile, which by the way is like, do you know in Dragon Ball Z, there's Kami's Lookout, which is like a bunch like high above the ground, mm-hmm. uh, like high above the earth. And it's like, like a floating like base and you can look down and see the earth. That's where your prison is. And there's this incredible moment like, 12 minutes in where they're like, all right, you can come back to earth now or you can come back down to paradise now. And it is, you walk out onto a fucking ledge uh, and look down and there's like a pyramid in front of you. And then below you is the Island where the game takes place. And you just jump, you just <laughs> jump off the top of your, of your sky prison and fall to the ground as really dope music plays. All of the music in this game is like extremely like, uh, Dead Mall's energy is what I would say. Oh my God, yes. It's like extremely like 90s, like acid, you know, it it actually does feel true to like the the heart of what Vaporwave was trying to, was trying to, you know, uh, instrumentalize in a way. Uh, Anyway, you hit the ground and then you get a title card because video games are good actually. (laughs) Um, And then you walk around and what you realize is the world is filled with like 2D sprite people standing around who you can then talk to and interrogate and present evidence to and flirt with uh, and threaten and learn their backstories. And I got like... 45 minutes into this and I was like I gotta stop playing this game because I want to play this game I don't want to dip my toes in this fucking thing this is this thing is a thing uh and I I am now like I cannot wait for this to come out uh because any game that can put the name Dr. Doom Jazz on screen seriously (laughs) has my fucking attention absolutely I I can't wait to dig into this Uh, now the soundtrack is so fucking good so hyphy just listening to you talk about it (laughs) it feel like i just the names i know i was gonna say here's my joke that i was saying when you did said all the names uh yuri knight is just what it's another word for fujoshi yeah great yeah Uh uh-huh um the release date is get ready to breathe life back into paradise so great thanks oh my god i'm so ready to do that it took me that entire segment to realize uh-huh. that Lady Love Dies was the proper name of that character of that and character. not an event that like sets things in motion. Uh-huh. A hundred percent. Her name is Lady Love Dies. She's friends with Lydia Daybreak. So, you know. If you wouldn't you be friends with Lydia Daybreak? I would. If you She's had a nice. chance. She's cool. She she drives you around town. I don't trust her. Mm. Of course not. So. She doesn't seem trustworthy. Uh-huh. This is this is this is the world we're in. Um, God, also, I, God. Dr. Doom Jazz definitely tried to fuck me. That's all I'm saying. Listen. He was way into me. Oh, th- that doesn't make you special. Dr. Doom <laughs> Jazz tries to fuck everyone. <laughs> well, you say that without me even telling you about his yacht. <laughs> oh, yeah. That guy oh. is definitely fucking everybody. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my God. The homie has a yacht. The homie has He's a yacht. fucking a He's lot. That's everybody. how that saying goes. That's how that, you're right. That is how the saying goes. God. <laughs> Um, so that that was one of the standouts from this demo thing for me, for sure. Um, I guess I shouted out one other, two other things. One 
is the opposite thing, which is I played through the demo and almost wish I hadn't, um, which is the demo that you talked about during the after the um, the game devs of color event, Kato. She dreams elsewhere, oh, yeah. which is like a lo-fi two D JRPG inspired, um, very black. Like, really, really good to play a game filled with black people that is set in or that is built in this kind of, like, JRPG, lo-fi. Uh, Undertale is clearly a thing you could touch touchstone here. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Earthbound. Obviously, like that that subset of the JRPG. Um, but also, like, I don't want to play this intro again. I want to just play the rest of this game when it comes out. And I, I'm worried that I won't push through the, the intro again right. when it drops. You know, I, I almost wish maybe they'll have a, a thing that's like skip the intro and just take give me a save file for when like when the the bulk of the game kicks off. Um, but that game is really dope. It has like a really sharp black and white aesthetic with this like dash of color that is really, really striking. Um, uh, and then the other the other one that is like the least the least aesthetic thing I've ever seen in my life um, <laughs> is a game called Space Crew. Uh, that has a demo. And I think most of these demos are still up for the remainder of today. Uh, so if you're hearing this tonight, you could grab some of these and check them out. Space Crew is by the, the the team that put out a game a few years ago called Bomber Crew, I want to say. Um, and uh, it's a it's like an FTL. It's like an FTL with really doofy looking characters um, and a little bit more a little bit more complexity in terms of like what's happening at each station on board your ship but i had a really good time flying the ship around running missions being attacked by space pirates and uh so that's that's nice. put that one on the wish list yeah uh, summer games that festival nice. ends today june 22nd at 10 a.m pdt so oh so no so sorry all these sorry. are already gone well <laughs> already who knows gone. maybe these de- some maybe some of these demos will stick around right. i know some of these things are demos that were just out already or you could probably find them on itch or wherever else you know yeah um so, did anyone else d- dip into this stuff at all? Uh, these these demos? Nope. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah, you're I totally good. It was worth. This was happening. I, I totally. Uh, I I again. It's one of those things that was very much like I have a need in my heart. I need to fill this this thing called emptiness with a video game so badly, <laughs> um, uh, which is why I. Which is why I. Oh okay, So. Oh no. So. Oh, so. Here is here is the thing. Mm. I badly am in a place where I want to play an open world RPG. Like there is a certain mm. moment in your life where what you need to do is throw yourself into like a big space and explore it. I think being stuck inside from COVID has really this is already a thing I love. You know this about me. Um, <laughs> but especially in a world where I don't get to go places. I'm really in the space for that. I I liked Xenoblade, but it just wasn't quite enough for me. The thing that I want is like, what I said to a friend was like, I simply want a beautiful, immersive, open world fantasy game with great progression and a focus on world building more than moment to moment story. Uh, And Xenoblade has, I'd say most of that, but I don't necessarily love how how the combat felt in the first like 12 hours. I wanted a little bit more. Uh, And so I went through my list. I went through my list of games. And I thought, maybe I should give Greedfall a second chance. I guess after playing The Order, I thought, you know what? Let me just go back through all the other colonialist games and just see, you know, where where some imperial, you know, uh, imperialist 
uh, noble learns slowly that maybe their empire isn't good. Um, let me let me just dip back into Greedfall. I'd put a few hours into Greedfall previously. It's like five hours. I now doubled that oh time. My God, this was literally me like a month ago. Like I think to the exact same like timestamp. Where <laughs> that's so funny. So I I start that game up. I replay the tutorial because I remember the combat's kind of interesting. It has some some like uh, per- particularities, peculiarities rather. Um, for people who don't remember, this is a game by the de- development team Spiders, which uh, had previously done a bunch of games. They're always like very ambitious, but not necessarily successful. Of Orcs and Men, the tech, the Technomancer, Mars Warlogs, which I think are war. Yeah, that's right, Mars Warlogs. Um, <laughs> And Greedfall was their attempt at taking their previously fairly linear stuff and opening it up uh, and and playing off of some of the kind of Bioware thirst in, in the air. People have not had a Dragon Age game in a while. The the UI of this game is like ripped out of Dragon Age Inquisition. Um, the, the crafting customization stuff is ripped out of Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, there's, uh, you know, interesting party characters and blah, 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 blah. Like, that's like the thing it is. You're walking around the world, you're getting into fights, you're solving quests, etc. So I boot back in and the first thing that happens is I get into a bunch of fights and I'm like, wow, you know what? This combat is actually pretty good. The like feeling of dodging around and having a sword and a gun and maybe some magic like is totally uh, more than serviceable. Um, there's, there's like a pretty good parrying system. There's some good abilities, etc. Um, and then I started to notice the thing that a good RPG hides um, or or has uh, RPGs have come to address this differently. There was a time when the thing I'm about to say was true, I think, of a lot of RPGs, but less so now, which is you get to a new location. Your map is blank. You see some question marks, which indicate places of interest. You go off the beaten path. You, you, know, you leave the, the road and you go into a space. And there are some monsters there, and you fight them, and they're like big demon bears. And you're like, oh, wow, tough fight against those demon bears. You kill the demon bears. Then, you know, you use a bomb to open up a passageway you can walk through, or maybe you've invested in jumping, and so you can jump across a gap. And you end up finding your way to a big open space where there's like a tree, and underneath the tree is like a bunch of like uh, uh, bedding and and uh, stools and maybe some like a campfire or two, and the soup is is, is on, and there's no one around. There's no one anywhere. I go, okay, weird. Okay. And you step forward and you go into the, the you go back to the, the path and you walk forward a little bit and you pass through a camp. And when you're in the camp, uh, you know, you, you see that there is an infirmary. You go in the infirmary and there's nothing you can do in the infirmary. There's no one to talk to. There's people who are sick, but you can't loot anything. There's no, there's no notes to read. There's no narrative beats. Uh, you walk past a mine. You can go into the mine and in the mine, you, you find a dead end. And at the dead end, there's a thing that says, uh, you, you find a broken cog that could open a gate if only it was fixed. And you explore the rest of the mine. You find the fixed cog. You find a new cog to fit into the gate. But you can't do anything there yet because you don't have the quest. And you don't have the quest for the infirmary. You don't have the quest for the campsite yet. Mm. And so you go back to the main path and you walk forward. And eventually you get to the city. And you get to the city and the city goes, oh, I got some stuff for you to do. And it sends you back into all the places you just were. Mm. Where suddenly all the demon bears are back, and also because the game is the game it is, the the rebellious tribes are back. Uh, and this is like the other the other side of this game's coin is not only is it a too empty open world that only that only kind of becomes saturated with with content 
after you've gotten the quest instead of instead of the thing that most most modern RPGs do, which is like the stuff is there. You go there, you kill the bear, you meet the the rebel leader. And then when you eventually get to where you're supposed to get the quest, your character goes like, oh, yeah, I dealt with that. And that like <laughs> allows you to not feel like you're wasting your fucking time. Uh, the other side of that coin is when you finally get to the city and you meet the leader of the city, the leader of the city goes, uh, yeah, we've been having some trouble with some savages. Because uh, the Greedfall is Greedfall. Uh, and your character goes like, well, what seems to be the problem, sir? <laughs> because you don't get to choose anything. This isn't the game where th- there will be a point in the story where you decide whether you make peace or crush these people. But at the point at which you receive the quest, the leader of this invading faction says, yeah, these savages keep destroying our convoys. And guess what? Your merchants are in these convoys, too. So now this is your problem. And I can help you investigate this magic disease if you go stop them from destroying our convoys. And so you you don't say, OK, I'll go do it. You just that just happens. You know, again, this is not then the ways in which this is not a Bioware game is many of the conversations are just completely pre-written and there is no space for deviation in the moment-to-moment conversation. It's not, I think a lot about Kentucky Route Zero giving you lots of um, dialogue options that don't necessarily change the path or course of that game, but do allow you to express who your character is. And this game has no interest in doing that. And I think largely because it's expensive to do that. And and Spiders just doesn't isn't making that game. They don't have money to make the game where they have voice acting for three variations of every line in every, in every conversation. And also, frankly, I don't know that it makes it a... Is there something more honest about the fact that what I'm basically doing is hearing someone say, can you go kill these savages for me? And my character goes, yeah, 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 I'm on it. I'm on it, chief. <laughs> Instead of me saying like, now, wait a second, don't say savages. But yes, I will go. I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> exactly. Don't say savages. Uh, excuse but me. Yes, yeah. I think you mean indigenous people. Anyway, uh, how many do you need crossed off? Right. Exactly. Neoliberalism well, in the game. And then you fucking go and you kill your way to the chief. It's the same thing that happened in the order. You kill your way to the fucking head of this rebellion by you know, like, you know you charge through dozens of this person's these 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 people uh, his, his soldiers and you get there and he's like, all right. I'm listening. <laughs> Motherfucker, why are you listening? I just killed your boy. Don't listen to me. Don't make deals with me. I was on the, you can see the hill where I killed three of your guys from here. Stop eating oh that soup. God. Yell at me. Uh, no, no. Instead, what he's going to do is tell me he'll stop killing my people because his real problem is with the city that I was, I was uh, given this mission from and blah, 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 blah. And it's just exhausting. And like, I so was ready. I was so ready to have a problematic fave. I was so ready to be like, you know it. You know it's it's not good at this, 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 and this. But the sense, the, the wow, it's really a pretty game. Wow, the sky boxes are good. The combat's good. Let me just have this for me as my. I know it's bad. I you know sometimes you know it's bad. I I will get the double hamburger. I fucking know it's bad. <laughs> I know it's caught up in an industry that is like actually bad for the earth. I know Greedfall is bad. Let me have it. No, no, Greedfall says, you cannot have me. I will be so bad as to repulse you, as to like push you away. Uh, and and that was like not where I thought I would be. Rob, you said a month ago you fell in the same trap. Yeah, so I had, first of all, the thing is this game opens deceptively strong. Yes, like, 100%. The entire vibe of uh, sort of the... Set, like pseudo Renaissance Italy city you're in, and it's just a city on the brink, right? Like this is this th- like empire is the only path forward for these people that they right. can imagine because everything is fucked. 
Um, and so they, you know, they are colonialists, uh, partly out of avarice and also partly out of just pure desperation. And it's cool. And so you go there to, to you know, to help your Prince Hal like buddy uh, take command <laughs> of this colony. And of course, you get there and immediately things start to get complicated. The other colonial powers are uh, also jockeying for position. And this that stage is set really, really well. And you think this could be really cool. I see all the pitfalls that are in this story. Uh, I can see the blind spots. But also they have really nice capes. They have and, really nice capes. The uh, fashion is... It turns out, it turns out, the fascist fashion continues to fucking whip. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, like oh wait, this game gives me flintlocks and capes and capes. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. But for me, so I, I went back. I didn't replay the intro. I just sort of forged ahead, like forced oh, myself yeah, to, be to clear, remember the controls. I okay, well that yeah, I, I was gonna be one hundred percent clear. I didn't start a new game. I did then load back into my my okay. main save. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but then once I'd sort of internalized the combat, a couple things started to jump out at me, which was that the systems are interesting, but the combat is not. Mm. Uh, like, I had gone fully into, I am going to use uh, firearms extensively and mm-hmm. traps. And so my entire like scheme for combat was basically just to do a fighting retreat through every single <laughs> encounter. Right. And it worked like a charm. Like everything would just run into a trap, blow itself up. I would kill it. My companions would wipe everyone else out, and we'd mop up. It was it was easy, and so immediately this is a game with a fair amount of combat. Yeah, and yeah, it's like decent systems design for the combat, but the en- enemy design behavior doesn't force any interesting play with those systems, mm-hmm. and so everything becomes a very. Uh, what we say, you know, what we mean when we talk about like bad MMO combat, this game turns into that where it's just like, I'm going to stand here and repeat this attack until everything's dead. Mm-hmm. But yeah, where it truly lost me is uh, it paints with such a broad brush and it doesn't have anywhere near the complexity I think it needs to to make its uh, sort of protestations that it is a game about the complications and contradictions and criminality of Mm -hmm. empire. It is trying to be that game, but it also doesn't really have the wherewithal to make that case for itself. It doesn't, uh, it, it, it can't paint a complicated enough world with complicated enough motivations to sell me on any of it being good. And the two moments where it started to really lose me is, um, so there's a native leader you meet fairly early on uh-huh. who nobody likes. Yep. Um, like, like basically everyone else, like he's basically like chief bitch motherfucker is how <laughs> everyone treats this guy. And because it turns out he is, he is the leader of the faction. That's like, we just want to trade with mm-hmm. the Imperial powers. And he right away is, like personified as the most unctuous and like just visibly oily character uh, that that you encounter. And it's all like, oh, I just want to trade. Yes. I just want to forge <laughs> bonds with all. And 
So when he sets up his, if only someone would negotiate a peace <laughs> between me and the other tribes, oh, who could do it? Could you? <laughs> and like, oh that's God. how he talks. That's how he talks. Way. Yeah. That's how he, really he talks. He really talks like a tiny little baby. Yes. <laughs> yes. What? Yeah. He's yeah. the littlest chief. Yeah. He's the oh, littlest no chief. No stepping. Tiny little baby. <laughs> yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm just a little God. birthday boy. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll never believe what happens when you negotiate a peace uh, treaty deal where he just he and the other tribal factions just need to show up to a place and they will strike this bargain and there will be peace. Uh, and right away, like your guys like, yeah, this seems like this seems like a good thing. I should be doing this. And already it's like, well, no, the, like to an extent, the, the other part of this is. Like indigenous peoples diverged wildly about approaches they should take when facing colonial powers, right? Uh-huh. And there are a lot of tragedies of collective action, but there's also just the tragic fact of there weren't a lot of good cards to play for indigenous peoples facing down the arrival of empires. The notion that like what this game is sort of holding out, what your character is sort of uncritically embracing is this idea of like, Hey, we can all just coexist. Like Uh this faction just wants to trade with us. These other factions don't want to have anything to do with us. And we can just sort of live in peace with them. They just need to stop attacking us and let us build up our coastal presence and trade with those natives that, that do want to, to do business with us. And that's not actually a compromise, probably, right? It is the nature right. of an empire that, like, yes. first they want their coastal enclave, and then the successive waves of settlers will want more. Right. And the easiest way to release that pressure is just to take more and more from indigenous uh, groups. And so right away we have this – the game doesn't really recognize that, like, the standard RPG playbook thing of, you know, we just need to find a win-win for, for everyone to, to sort of gather around. That doesn't apply when you are indigenous tribes facing down the arrival of advanced colonial powers, right? Well, there this is, is no, you the, can have a little bit of colonialism as a treat. <laughs> right. And I, I think a big part of that is that the way that colonialism works is generational in the way that you just said. And that this format of game likes to resolve like okay and there it is we've done it that chapter is closed and especially in a game that again resource strapped this is not the game where you then you go back in and check in on people and get the update of how things have turned out this is you finish that zone guess what that zone may as well not exist that zone the all those all those places you used to be able to go into and talk to people like they're just going to regurgitate the same basic information they had before there's not going to be an update and then and then but more broadly the kind of like the action rpg style in which there is you're the hero coming to make to make peace with with the world you're the hero coming to settle things wants the world to end settled in most cases i think what makes the the exceptions uh, so strong here or what makes my reaction to something like the dragon age the, the dragon age games different than my response to like skyrim is the degree to which the dragon age games have been very good about saying like nothing is settled 
Um, I, I've said before that my very favorite DLC in any of the Dragon Age stuff is Trespasser, not only because of the Solus stuff, which we can get into at some point. Oh my god, please. Uh, but, <laughs> but the core premise of that of that DLC is so good because it's like, you don't get to have a standing army, my guy. Who are you? We're countries. You don't get to be a country. And dealing with that fallout because unlike, you know, it, uh, many, many other uh, story-focused kind of high adventure games, the the it's a setting that wants to be kind of materialistic in in this sense that it, it it's concerned about the the relations between uh, elements of the social organization. Greedfall is is that on its face, but doesn't have the does not have can't commit to showing those those factions interact on a, on a long enough time scale or in a way that is either nuanced or true enough. It's like it it it, it can't it wants to have it every possible way and it, it hasn't been able to land on any of them. That quest is also the quest I did last night, by the way, Rob. Like literally that we are literally synced up to the quest with me like rolling my fucking eyes about that guy. So Yeah. So like Obviously, the guy sets a trap and yes. ambushes the other like uh, tribal negotiators who are sent to sort of broker this bogus peace deal. And so obviously, the guy is a total snake. And you arrive in time to save the people who you inadvertently set up for this hit. But also, like, the guy still gets what he wants, right? Mm -hmm. Like, at that point, the the people who've been doing these raids are on the run. And uh, little soft boy chief uh, gets to continue building his little trade empire. And the other part of it, like, the thing that is uncomfortable in a game needs to confront this is I think there is a tendency or, or a pull toward uh, post-colonial narratives that try to emphasize the complicity of different indigenous groups or leaders uh, in, in the process of empire and colonialism. And so you create a character like this who fits this narrative of like uh, the, the feckless uh, self-interested tribal leader who sells out the interests of his, uh, of his broader people, right. Of the, <laughs> uh, you know, of the collective, uh, groups of tribes that he's a part of in favor of his like smaller clan. And then he becomes one of just the most repugnant characters in the game. Like suddenly, you know, who's the one of the worst villains in this game? The fucking, uh, you know, the, the fucking tribesmen who did business with the colonialists. man, what a motherfucker that guy is. And it does sort of call to uh -huh. mind, like you'll hear these arguments, uh, you hear this a lot about slavery, yeah. right? Where it's like, well, actually, you know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, tribal leaders in Africa who sold people. They sold to, people to the, you know, yeah. to, mm -hmm. to the traders. Mm -hmm. They yeah. happen a lot. And at that point, it turns into a, hmm, <laughs> takes two to tango for slavery, yeah. right? Takes two uh -huh. to tango for like brutal uh, settlement colonialism to take place. <laughs> and that's not really the... These things do happen, but they are smaller scale than the larger macro process that is right. that is happening. And you can't say this one dude who wants to trade for shit and is a little bit of a snake. You can't turn around and say, and anyway, I think that proves, um, you know, just that guy's just as bad as uh, maybe even worse. He's yeah. dishonorable. Uh, he's perfidious. Yeah, exactly. The, at the least moment at where least... I bailed. Yeah, Somewhere. From far from here, my mother does not know why she feels like a tiny part of her dad. <laughs> uh, so where where I where I bailed out, Austin, uh, I got a little farther. I got to 
whatever is the the French faction, basically. Um, the, the one religion, that has Cardinal Richelieu, the, yeah, the, people yeah, uh-huh, in the yeah, town square. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you get you get to their their capital on the uh, on the on the new continent, and you walk into an execution scene that's really straight out of The Witcher Three, too, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a big town square. Someone's going to be lit on fire, and it's pretty horrifying because uh, actually what they're doing is they're they're burning a uh, like almost like treant. Uh, familiar of this like native shaman and so to get him to talk they're basically torturing this big beautiful uh tree creature it's it's horrific but also in case you don't know the guy's bad enough yet uh and the fact that he's got the total richelieu haircut and grooming uh he then like strangles the guy to death in front of you and then like tries to do the same to you. Right. Like he basically is like, Hey, uh, I'm the inquisitor and I'm the inquisition your ass. And at that point I was like, there's just too much going on here. You know what I mean? It's too many, it's too many broad strokes and they're all kind of dumb. And I don't think like, I know where this is going. I don't need to follow this. I don't need to go. I don't need to go down this road because there's nothing interesting waiting for me. Clearly. Well, and and I think again, it, so much of this for me comes back to the inability to. Uh, there, there is. We joked earlier about how about how having those dialogue options don't really mean much when the end goal is going to be you take the quest anyway, right? And one, the ideal is for me to just fill this game with quests that I'm actually just interested in, regardless of of what dialogue options are or aren't available. But but absent that. Being able to at least let me color what my experience is, it turns out matters a lot in these games. Uh, it matters a lot to me that I can, you know, punch back at Solus in 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 Dragon Age Inquisition, even if the big plot beats around him are going to be the same from top to bottom, right? Um, yeah. It, it matters like, a lot I, that I can handle I, stuff differently. Yeah, go ahead. I always feel like it, it just, I need to have as a player some way to express my displeasure in this moment, mm-hmm. you know? I need to have that be registered as part of this character if that's something I'm strongly feeling. I can't have them just go along with things in a blase ho-hum way. I think, especially Trespasser, you get so many different variations on that ending speech, which is like the same speech every time, but like the game really pays attention to how you treat Solus and whether or not you like or dislike him, whether or not you're picking the dialogue options that call him a racist, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it, it makes sure to pay attention to what the, what the character believes rather not just the narrative beats that it wants to shove you through. Totally. Totally. Do you think there's a discomfort? I was just thinking about like, because I'm always thinking about hard boiled detective fiction. Ah, I see. (laughs) Is there an element of, Games are just afraid to have characters just do something for the money. Like, if you think about, like, hard-boiled detective stories, Mm -hmm. they constantly hate their clients. They're constantly (laughs) taking jobs from rich people who they openly despise, right? And treat with just abject contempt. Like, in terms of, for the function of the story, the person has to take the job. But it is also clear that at no point does Marlowe sympathize with the shit bag he's working for, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And to his face, he will even, like, say that he'll basically even call out, you know, what he sees as the real score here. And 
one of the fun things about these stories is also the the rich people have no choice but to take it right where they're just like look we need we need someone to do this job so we're just gonna have to eat your shit uh but in the meantime you're also you're gonna gonna take take the fucking job yes yeah yes exactly that yes and here so often in games it's like your guy just can't be like look I'm here as the envoy to kind of this fail son <laughs> imperialist and I'm being, you know, you know what I mean? Like that's the yeah, job. Yeah. Yeah. I hate yeah. It's, it, it's the fucking the job. job. Here I am. In, instead, your character has to be sort of wide eyed about the entire thing. Like you mean yeah. you're, you're, you're laying siege to this town because they're raiding your villages. Oh my God. That's they're a kidnapping your people. Wow. 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 Sorry about killing 13 of your dudes, but Wow. Um, yeah, no, 100 If only you could say the wow sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, if only. No, I Can think I you're just... totally well, Like, The Witcher does this. This is the difference, right? And and I don't... I should have gone back to play The Witcher, except that I don't like The Witcher as much as I wish I liked The Witcher. Um, but Geralt of Rivia has no problem being the character who's like, yeah, I need the fucking money. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll go yell at your werewolf boyfriend for you. Or whatever it is I do now. And and that game has no problem. Just like give me the gold. Yeah, give me more. Actually, this is kind of annoying. It has extensive options to deny people empathy. Right, hundred percent. People can tell sob stories to Geralt, and he can be like, "Yeah, I'm sure it really tore you up inside to like slaughter your family." (laughs) Yeah, for you. And like the story might even be more affecting than that. But Geralt always has the option of being like. You know what? Heard it all off. before, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Tell it to the fucking silver sword, you werewolf motherfucker. Um, that <laughs> can, game. Can I quote a Heather review real quick? Please, always. Please. So I think she wrote something uh, in her review of Greedfall that resonated as well, which is that uh, basically trying to get at the fact that it is hard for it is particularly hard for games to tell these uh, colonial critique stories. Uh, be, just because of the nature of how games present themselves to players. Mm. And she wrote, but video games are not beautiful facts in the way that mountains and clouds are. Games are layered. You don't behold them in their complete glory and make a broad decision that, wow, isn't that something special? Greedfall evokes the work of conquerors, of expansionists. Their awe and wonder came from a particular position, one which is imparted throughout Greedfall. This world was made for us. And thank God we finally arrived. Yeah. And I think that did kind of nail like what maybe one of the overriding factors was turning me off this game, which mm-hmm. is that every at every turn it is presenting you are the thing this world has been waiting for. Right. Yes. Like at every turn, you were not just a small actor who is arriving in the middle of this tragic historical process. At every turn, it is look at the wonders of this frontier. Boy, sure it would be great to settle this, but obviously settling is bad. Like settle, settling uh-huh. colonialism is bad, but like at the same time, but look at these vistas. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this you is can, God's you country. You can sort of dispense your justice. Not any like, other person's country. God's country. And yeah. so, isn't it kind of all of our country? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, you're right, and you, you then do get to dispense your justice. Like that is exactly it, right? And and your justice is supposed to be is supposed to feel natural or naturalized in in a sense. Yeah. No. I. Anyway, this was my experiment with trying to go back to Greedfall. It was that, or this is serious. Trying to play Assassin's Creed Unity, the French Revolution one, and I. I'm thinking about that. See, this is we're, we're 
we're synced up. Well, this is and and this leads to the thing where we're both vaguely excited or not excited. Ghost of Tsushima comes out in like a month, and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. Fuck me up. I that last trailer didn't do much for me, but fuck me <laughs> the up. Most depressed fuck me up I've ever heard. <laughs> fuck me up, fam. <laughs> just like man, just fuck me up. Okay. Just give me okay. Yeah, I'm gonna follow the wind to the next waypoint marker and do a quest. You'll deliver deliver four pizzas for the price of three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly 100 <laughs> percent. well what am i gonna do say it's what's a fourth pizza i'm gonna say no to the fourth pizza no uh, pizza's gonna get eaten it might not get eaten tonight but that's a deal <laughs> baby you got a stew going i got a stew going exactly. <laughs> god all right we should take a break and we come back and talk about less depressing shit uh, I- <laughs> we'll be right back Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, we're back. Um, and Kita, how about you tell me what you're you've been up to? You just you so, off mic. You just mentioned a thing, and I was like, oh yeah, I want to hear about that. I haven't gotten super far in this, but I started playing Among Trees mm-hmm. uh, late at night because I've been playing a lot of Hades. I actually just opened up some awesome new shit in Hades oh, hell yeah. uh, that we'll talk about in a minute. But I I wanted to play Among Trees because you recommended it. And I also just like, I haven't actually been among trees in quite some time. Uh, as nice as New York is, and like it, it is, I live in a fairly treed part of New York. Uh, it's nothing like, I grew up somewhere where there's like nature trails and creeks everywhere. Mm-hmm. You just step outside and you're in nature. And uh, I miss that. I definitely miss that. My dad's been sending me pictures from my my childhood backyard and that's that's been rough <laughs> to Damn. look at he gets to be there and i don't you don't um, get to be there yeah so yeah i mean it starts off as your f- a fairly standard survival game and as soon as you get to the crafting stuff and you, as soon as you get a map actually that's, that's when things exactly start to the point you're totally right open up yeah, yeah. like that when you see the spaces that you have already been and how much more there is to go it starts to get really exciting. and But I was thinking about this in context of games that people are playing to remind them of the outdoors when they can't necessarily go outside, right? Because mm-hmm. we are still... I, New York is doing phase two reopening like a couple weeks from now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense no. at all. But we're doing it. Um, <laughs> I don't know why. No. no. <laughs> it doesn't make the, any the fucking sense. charge of public health. Uh-huh. Yeah. Dude, well, we've tried nothing. We're all out of ideas. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Uh, and I I'll, you know what? Whatever. We're, we live in hell. That's just, it's been known. We've been known. <laughs> um, so I, I just like, I wanted to experience that, but more so than the feeling of being in tr- inside 
of nature in a forest where it's just you and a bunch of animals. Um, it was more what I found most soothing about that game because we've we've all played a survival game where you're in the woods and you have to find food and eat it to survive, right? The woods is usually the setting for those kinds of games, but it was like there was something so peaceful about not having anyone else around. Like that yeah, became the fantasy sure. that I was really invested in, where it was like really just me and some bunnies that I kept tracking. I would walk off in random directions, like not even super playing the game, but just be like, there's nobody. Nobody's here. Nobody, nobody's here. Nobody's <laughs> I'm alone. here. Yeah. New York can be um, claustrophobic in the amount of people that are always around. Mm-hmm. I've grown to really love my street. There's all these, these couple little black teenagers that always are riding their bikes up and down the street. We've got to know them. Um, I love my neighbors. I love my new neighbors, actually. I met some of them this weekend. I met this adorable little black boy baby named Carver who was playing with just, you know, the motor part of a, a drill. Like, they had taken off all the dangerous <laughs> things. We're letting him press the trigger a lot. And then when when my boyfriend came back around with me, the baby waved at him and was like, hi, David. And I wanted to die. <laughs> I was just, I love human beings, you know, but you, it's hard to... When there's fireworks mm-hmm. from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. every night, you just grow uh-huh. tired of them, you know? You, and you wish you that simply do. <laughs> you simply do. As much as I, it's like I'm split between not ever wanting to hear a firework again and really wanting a firework, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> like, what if I, what, what if, if I got, had a firework? What if we got a firework? What happened? What, 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 what if we just got a bunch of fucking fireworks? I mean, it just seems like the thing that people are doing right now, It does you know? seem to be the, what people are doing. <laughs> like, when I'm watching these, like, black, these, like, little kids, like, put them off, on our street who is giving teenagers fireworks number one that's my real question but <laughs> number two like when i'm watching them like blow up fireworks on the street i'm just like dad that looks real fun like i would also be doing this yeah. not even at your age just now if i had a firework uh-huh. um and it's uh, just as a just for just a hundred percent clarity I am officially taking the Ashley, the Ashley Feinberg position, which was uh, I'm not taking a position on the fireworks provenance issue so that I can aggressively mock whoever ends up being wrong. This is my <laughs> self-care. Listen, I, I am aggressively on the side of if you think this is a conspiracy theory, you, you dumb. <laughs> but I'm ready. To, I'm ready to be Rob, wrong. Rob, Rob doesn't know. Rob doesn't I was know. all weekend. Uh-oh. By the way, I had a great weekend. Wonderful. Yeah. It wasn't online. No, it no wasn't internet. Online at all. I saw some people alluding to fireworks, but I figured it was about like uh, how annoying they are versus like how uh, much you should let the kids be the kids. Uh, uh, is it more than that? Well, um, people have, think it's a counterinsurgency psyop from the cops. Yeah. <laughs> or, or uh, a a counter counterinsurgency psyop from the people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or, if it's- or fireworks are cheap this year because of COVID and they've made their way into the hands of people through backdoor, you know, I know a guy sales and they're dirt cheap. And so why not buy a bunch of fucking fireworks and I'm bored and I'm going to set them off? You okay. know, I feel uh, like that's the most likely scenario, right? Like nobody's going to be going to an actual 4th of July fireworks display this year, right? So there's like a bunch of professional I grade. bet they're fucking, they bet they fucking will. I bet mm. they fucking will. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's just a lot of professional yes. grade fireworks that would otherwise be taking up inventory space. Yes. And 
those guys don't want to have to pay for the warehouse spacing in the off season. And so they're just selling them dirt cheap. It's so easy to get illegal fireworks in New York, in New York and the surrounding areas. You know, it. New Jersey's right there. <laughs> I grew up in Indiana, like a certain yeah. time of year. You just saw Illinois plates, like just filing over the border yep. uh, to like black cat warehouses and such. And was- the areas that people are reporting fireworks, like there are areas, it is like Chicago, New York, the Bay Area, where I know that like the fireworks don't happen as frequently, but you have a lot of the same scenarios where there's a large black population. We, Juneteenth just happened and a holiday that is all about fireworks is about to happen. A lot of kids have not actually been able to socialize for a very long time and they're bored as hell. And there's also like, this increased like fuck it and find out energy, like fuck around and find out energy of, amongst the teens that I'm seeing where they're uh-huh. just like, well, the world is super crazy. Here is the time for me to try doing something that would normally get me in big trouble with my parents. So just to me, it feels like it is in the most likely scenario is that a lot of teenagers are just blowing off some steam. I understand, though, that people who have not heard fireworks to like this degree uh, every day would be confused. But uh-huh. listen, it it's just I'm watching them. I'm watching the children set off fireworks on my street. It's just not that it's not that complicated. Yeah, it seems like this. It seems like you've been you've been taken in by COINTELPRO, I guess. I, oh, know, my God. Yeah, I'm a CIA now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so how much of this like people are bored rob people are yeah, bored i just don't get is we're it fucking bored like it is it is it is it is it is absolutely it is wild yeah. you need like if we <laughs> i've been on calls with people and people are like are you okay what's going on <laughs> i was on the phone with my mom and i had to be like those are just fireworks <laughs> don't fine. worry about me i'm fine no, <laughs> no they will not stop the thing that i find God, funny i woke up one day and there was a loud like professional grade firework a Definitely being set off maybe two streets over at 9.30 a.m. <laughs> it's just like, what are you doing? Okay, so here's <laughs> you my can't even see it. Theory. Here we go. Okay. Right. okay. I, like, my partner pointed this out, and I actually do kind of agree. The number of times we will see simultaneous, like, big fireworks deployments from a few blocks apart um, does like does suggest people are like, well, if a bunch of us go at once, like it's really hard for the cops to rush down that area. Uh, Like it it does, it does feel like the people, the, the fireworks enthusiasts of different blocks are maybe chatting with each other and figuring out like, (laughs) well, I can coordinate a better show. I will say sometimes there's pretty good shows. Sometimes it's pretty good. Sometimes it's not a show. It's my entire night. Yeah. 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 Yesterday, I could actually see some beautiful fireworks like from my window, and I Ooh. found it really, really pleasant. You know, they were behind trees, but every once in a while, you'd see these sparks, these little glimmers, and it's just sort of like, oh, you remember why New York can sometimes, or city living can just sometimes be kind of magical, the sort of random occurrences of of things you see that feel very rare, but um, just happen fucking all the time in New York, honestly. My cat, Ella, hates fireworks, and I, I just, she's been so cuddly because yeah. she gets so scared at night. And I I love to have her near me, but she she runs she's it's been hard to get her to eat in the evenings now because she doesn't want to come out. 
So mm. I, I have to sort of let the food out and just keep an eye on her and try to coax her over to it. because She knows it's there, but she's anxious. Like, she can tell now. It's literally like 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. every night, just nonstop fireworks. And some of them are really close to my house, and they freak her out, and I just... Little Ella Cat needs more hugs and to be away from this, I think. Yeah. To be among trees. One oh, yes. I oh, see. segue. Wow. Yeah, I this game becomes I like the it's like the aesthetic of a lot of like low poly indie games that I like. Uh in a genre of game I normally wouldn't play. But there is something about the the check it managed to get the the survival game stuff and the checklist game stuff exactly right so that my brain does not immediately bounce off the idea of having to eat drink and sleep all the time fair fair yeah you know <clears throat> like it, the the eating and drinking once you are faced with a a check like a crafting recipe book essentially becomes just another part of your daily checklist of things yeah yeah and so just like Diving in there for like a couple hours and seeing what what next thing you can fit on your checklist next feels good. Like, you know, the next thing I'm trying to do is do the cooking room. Right. Yeah. It, it feels like um, uh, Minecraft without building, which sounds dumb, but like sometimes you really just don't want to build. No, shit. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I, it is. It is nice to just show up to the house and be like, hey, I got the 17 wire and the 12 wood. Can you please just make a new room? Yeah. OK, yes. cool. Great. Chill. 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 I got it's an totally axe chill. now and it'll eventually break, but it's not in the same way <laughs> the other axes yeah. in other games like this break. Cool. Great. Yep. Thank you. Let me cook up these mushrooms now. Let me cook up these golden chanterelles that look delicious. quite beautiful yeah, and that seem delicious. And will yeah. restore my health and also my stomach meter. Yeah. Um, Just my, my tum tum meter. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. It's, it's, yeah, it's like one of those things. Where, like, I'm not sure if it goes anywhere. Like, I don't know. It's in early access, so like, I don't know if in a year it's a wildly different game. If there's added layers that we're not seeing yet, um, but what it is is, is, is definitely has been a nice refuge. Yeah, it's um, it's the exact. It feels like a meditation app. Yeah, sometimes 100. Yeah, where I just put on the headphones, I listen to the music and the nature sounds, and I'm like, ah. Just release yep. all the tension. Totally. Breathe in for seven seconds. Breathe out for three. You know. <laughs> and then you go back to playing Hades. <laughs> the, the opposite. The most of- tense game. I love this fucking game, dude. Like it's got it's realivened my interest in Greek mythology, <laughs> like yeah. hardcore. Um, because they're also doing the Catonic gods, right? Right. So right. I'm learning a whole bunch about the Titans and all of the like pre. Greek Olympian gods that are part of the mythology. They're, in fact, like a huge part of the focus. Uh, I now I've met a new character and uh, this character has really like opened up like another aspect of this game, like the whole they get the the rhythms exactly right. So the exact point where I feel like I've plateaued, I started um, I finally started beating Megara, the boss of the first the, like dungeon. Your ex? Yeah, your ex Megara. She's been pretty pissed at me. I think by beating her also, there's now this subplot where um, Hades, your dad, is putting her on a, like a improvement plan. And there's it's implied that if you keep beating her, she's going to be fired, which sucks because I don't <laughs> want her to be fired, but I need to escape Hades, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry, girl, but like I got to go, you know? I started being able to beat her regularly, beat her with weapons that I wasn't normally very good at. I, I beat her with the bow, which is... Just cl- like classically, usually my worst possible weapon in any kind of game like this mm-hmm. is a 
a ranged only weapon. I'm I'm very much a get in there. I like to get in there, beat someone up, get out in most games. I play the fastest character that hits the most amount of times possible. Um, but the, I don't know, the bow just like, it, my brain unlocked suddenly and I figured out how to use it well and I managed to beat her with it, which felt like, I don't know, it felt like I was actually breaking out of hell when I finally did yeah. it. Um, yeah. And then I, I was like, okay, well, I guess the next thing is try to get through... Um, Asphodel and then Elysium and then get out of here. But no, another thing happened. Um, I'm now able to. I met Chaos, the character Chaos, the god Chaos, which is a representation of the primordial chaos that created all things. Um, and Chaos, they offer me additional boons and bounties that I can take on in order to improve my run. Uh, for like a health pedal, and I tried one and I completely ate shit. But I thought it was such an interesting twist that uh, to that particular run was anytime I used my attack, not my special or my cast, but just the standard Your attack basic move. Basic attack, yeah. Yes, I would lose three health. Uh, for the next Jesus. three in rooms that I was in, so you have to figure out how to defeat things without using your attack. And it suddenly the what game becomes a whole this? different game. Wait, what, what's there? What's the trade-off? What's the what's the thing you get? So if I if I manage to survive that, then my attack will be like stronger for the rest oh, of the run. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So there's a bunch of little things like this where you're put at a diff- disadvantage. You're asked to learn how to use the other aspects of your weapon or your your loadout. Um, and ignore one other or or something like, you know, you you have less health, they have more. And then you gain some kind of ability for the rest of your run on top of that. I know um, Super That's Giant good. Games generally have some kind of, you know, challenge gauntlet aspect thing to them. Mm-hmm. I know in Bastion, you could have the Idols of the Gods, which would make things harder for a benefit. Transistor had something similar. Pirate also had something similar. I almost never, I almost never use them. But this one is fun because they're random every time. And I like the character of Chaos, and the 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 roguelike element makes it more interesting because it's not like okay, well I know that this idol makes the enemies have more health, and I know that I can just handle that, but I'm never going to use this idol, which um, requires me to defeat every room in a certain amount of time because I just I'm not that's not going to work for me. Here mm-hmm. it's like, well, do I have enough health to go visit Chaos? Because it actually you take a health penalty to go see Chaos at all. Um, do I have enough help to do that? And then do once I am there, am I really going to risk a, what might be a successful run on something that could pay off later? It's a different, slightly different thought process, but man, it just whips. It just yeah, every part I'm, of this I'm game rocks. I love this game so much. Everyone's oh. so hot, and <laughs> everyone has great, and the music is so good. It's just. Super giant is like a direct line into all the things I fuck with in my brain, and I oh, yeah. I, I don't know how they do it. Soon, soon, I I'm I'm committing. I'm committing to waiting, and then and then I'm gonna go in, and I can't wait. So yeah, you're gonna have a lot of fun. You really, really, like really it. are. Um, I've been working on another thing in this game is that you can you are given keepsakes. You ha- okay? 
you get nectar, which you can give to different characters in the game, and then they will give you a keepsake in return. And that does not just the characters that hang out in the House of Hades, where it's like the the hub world, basically, right. you return to every time. You can give this to the gods also. Huh. And then you have a higher chance of getting rarer boons from them. And so I've started putting the moves on... Uh, so there's this like whole like visual novel aspect of it too, uh-huh. where like you get closer to them the more nectar you give them, and then they you know they, they you get different dialogue options from them. They give you a, I got a keepsake from so I I've given nectar to Ares. Uh, Ares' whole thing is either makes like all your your weapons stronger or your attacks will inflict doom or you hit them once and then after a couple of seconds they get hit again with uh a more damage oh, so cool. that can just take things out in one shot if you are if you are judicious with it um and then uh artemis which she just raise, raises the crit rate on everything which if you can stack that <laughs> like it just goes it's yeah, absolutely yeah. nuts um and then uh I really, I also like Aphrodite because she has all these abilities that cast weak on the surrounding enemies. She has one really great one where if you get damage, all the enemies around you will have weak on them, which just makes it easier to kill them. Uh, and then I also really like uh, Athena, who is, most of her things are de- like defensive. So when you, you know, take on a boon from Athena, it means that whatever thing you apply it to can also deflect attacks now. It's really handy when you uh, have like the bow and arrow and your attack, your regular attack will deflect attacks as well. So I, I've i been trying to, you can see how you can start. Yeah, there's a lot. I'm like deliberately building before you go in because if you right. wear the keepsakes from those characters, you are guaranteed to get your first encounter in that dungeon to be with that god. So you can go in and you can have hair, um, you know, uh, Ares is, uh, he gives you a vial of blood. That's his keepsake. Ares is keepsake. And the first god you'll meet in the dungeon is Ares. So you know right. that you will have the doom boon of, in some kind. And build around that instead of yeah. just it being completely random, yeah. you know, or, or, or luck based or whatever. Yeah. And it's, um, awesome. it's fucking so cool because you start to actually see the game now. You know, you think you see the game, but then they keep adding slowly, mm-hmm. like at the exact right pace. Actually, this is the game. The game is going to be you, you fixing fate, essentially. And that's that's really interesting in the right. context of this specific of the, of, yeah. thing, mm-hmm. yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's um, you know, they they bring up fate and prophecy all the time. Uh, there's a list of minor prophecies that are basically like quests you can do, and that'll give you rewards. So you can prophesize that the son of Hades will get all the boons from Athena, you know. And right, once you right. get all of the boons that are possible to get from Athena, you'll get like some kind of reward. Some extra boon and, because you've, you know, you've proven the you've succeeded at the at the prophecy, but it the prophecy did not necessarily mention that you had to work your ass off to get all of Athena's boons. Yeah, before yep. you did it, it just but yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, it, it's um, it's it's a sort of like interesting sort of meta commentary on the nature of fate, the idea of fate, whether things are deterministic, whether it actually matters if things are deterministic, mm-hmm. if you are living through the entire experience anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is all going on in the background of an incredibly fast paced, just like sometimes you play this game and it's just a 
explosions just like on your screen it's just that's explosions. what the gameplay i'm looking at looks like so yeah yeah the chaos um. is like the sound like, the chaos is great when you get there when you have like gotten leveled up enough that you can you know exactly how to murderize everything in in the video game and it's just sort of like 30 seconds in out each level but just like the loudest noises possible <laughs> mm-hmm. God. i love it yeah it sounds good it's really, um, it's really i can't wait to play more uh still no date on that final build right yeah um soon just soon soon yeah. it should be soon <laughs> okay kato i know you have been itching to talk about pokemon because you've been playing the new pokemon dlc right uh, a little bit. Mostly, I was actually interested in just yelling about that announcement that they made last week. Wait, uh, what was the announcement? Well, they announced a few things. Um, uh, they did like a little uh, Pokemon Direct, basically. Oh, um, sure. And there was uh, a couple of mobile apps. One of mm-hmm. them is about getting kids to brush their teeth called Pokemon Smile. Uh, the second in the line of weird Pokemon games that are like about lifestyle things uh, along with sleep. I don't, I don't know where that's going. That's weird. Uh, this second one though, actually looked really (laughs) fun was, uh, called, um, what was it? Pokemon. Is it cafe something? Cafe mix mix. Oh yeah. That Um, one looked really cute. Yeah. It has a really cute art style and you're basically, you know, doing a kind of connect, it's a it's a weird. I don't understand what the puzzle is. Yeah, I'm, I need I'm, to. I I'm, I don't I need to understand. It's a puzzle game. But yeah. I, yeah. Yes. Yes. You're totally right. It's like you 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 like connect them, but it looks like you can only connect them in certain circles. It's like a puzzle game where you connect different Pokemon heads, and apparently this is like mixing together <laughs> drinks that you serve to Pokemon, um, and then also you like set up your cafe. So like that just looks like a very cute game. Uh, yeah, it's like a style. stirring mechanic almost, right. which I get. Like that's clever. Yeah, but I also, yeah, I just don't get it. But also, some of it's very cute. Yes. It's the art is very cute. Um, they made a few. I'm trying to remember the name of them, but they're definitely these uh kind of children's books that were made that use this illustration style. I've seen it before. Oh. Um, it's so if you've ever seen one of those books, it's kind of that this familiar Pokemon like uh illustrations. It's very good i'm excited to make a cafe for pokemon to drink at um and then (laughs) the big thing that was announced we're finally getting it we're finally Uh getting pokemon snap again we are (laughs) thank god i'm so happy (laughs) wow kato look kato i'm happy for you Pokemon Snap is such a good game. Um, uh-huh. It's so fun. The original N64 one was one of the like most worn out cartridges I had for my N64. Fair. Um, being a Pokemon fan and also being interested in photography in general. Um, and it looks, it, I mean, it's very, the, the trailer is very um, non-specific, you know, kind of uh announcement trailer but it looks neat you know you've got all of the pokemon it feels like there's a real kind of density uh that the old one being on n64 maybe didn't have as much couldn't yeah Uh, sure so that's neat like it like really feels like you're like out in the environment there's lots of things roaming around um Mm -hmm. but i'm excited to see more about that i'm like it's fucking great that they're making another one um there's some great lighting in this it's a short trailer it's only a minute long but like there's there's some like really nice sunset lighting and then there's like a there's a, a moment where like a 
a character. I don't. This is a, a Pichu. What is this? What is the? What's the electric mouse that's not Pikachu? No. What's the electric gliding mouse? The oh, gliding squirrel. Uh, so the S, I think. No, I forget the name of that one. It is the oh. yeah, it is the, the the fake Pikachu from Gen Emolga. Five, I think. Emolga, Emolga. right? Uh, flying like under the canopy of a jungle, and like the light is dappled behind yeah. them, and like it's it's great. Um, yeah, there's lots of great moments, and this uh, it seems to be doing the same thing that the original Snap did, where there's a lot of like the point of it is kind of the blink and you miss them sort of yes. style of like trying to capture that perfect moment and like setting up things that will make the Pokemon react in different ways to get those moments. And you know, that part was always pretty fun where like you would do, you didn't want to do multiple passes through an area cause it's you're on rails and you can't actually control the, the speed of your like vehicle. Mm-hmm. So it's about like learning where things might happen, what you can do to trigger certain events, and all that is, you know. It yeah, so you had like cool. a, you had like bait, or not bait, but like snacks. There were, yeah, you you could throw treats. food and also pester, like depend. And so, like one of them was like oh, supposed to annoy pester. them. <laughs> yeah, um, and they'll do different things, or like uh, sometimes you would use pester to like make a Pokemon move to, in a certain direction mm-hmm. if you couldn't lure them with food. You know, there's a whole... So we don't know exactly what of those mechanics are transferring over yet, apart from they do show the food, but I didn't see any pester balls in there. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious if those will be back. That, this ga- that game was really fun and like a really chill time taking pictures of Pokemon that are... Like, you know, the reason that... One of the reasons... One of the big reasons why Pokemon is still so popular is that the the... Uh, animal designs are cute and they make they yeah. give them such life through like their animations and like them being out in the world that um you know you just want to hang out with them i just want to hang out with them and the and see them in their natural habitats yeah. hanging out hanging just out just being doing their themselves thing. just, just doing uh, their thing. watching a pidgeotto swoop down and pick up a magicarp and like oh yeah you know that happens that's nature yeah circle of life they, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that magicarp's fucking dead <laughs> yep. that magicarp is about to be dead it is it was it alive is, it is food. Now it is eaten. Now it's food. 100%. And the circle of life uh, continues. <laughs> did you... So wait, ha, have you spent any time with... Is it the Isle of Armor? Is that the newest one? Uh, yeah, or is that Isle the of next Armor one? Is, the, is the one that just came out. Uh, I have not really. I like started okay. at like the first half hour or whatever. Just like I had to finish... I was trying to finish up stuff from post-game that I actually kind of st- fell off on. And so mm-hmm. I just haven't spent as much time in Pokemon. But I'm excited to. Uh, you can now have a Pokemon follow you, which is always cute. But I haven't actually done it yet. Did you see (laughs) my friend Sam, he he had a slow poke follow him. And guess what, Kato? What? It's real fucking slow. Yeah. (laughs) I I love love that shit. Oh, yeah. Just like when they decide to like really lean into like the personalities of Pokemon, it's always great. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm excited to dig in. I'm going to dig into that a lot more this week. Also, there's another announcement happening wednesday of some sort where they're they they teased at the end of this one last week they're just like hey watch out for the 24th like we're gonna do another one of these and like that one was 10 minutes so who knows what's coming there's more there's more to come so we'll probably talk about it on friday (laughs) yeah Uh, also speaking of nintendo stuff today we got a new smash Smash, character announced yeah uh talk about that arms um arms is here arms Min Min. Min Min, yes. So um, they added a new character and they've continued to uh, follow this trend, which I love, quite frankly, of like breaking their kind of standard moveset 
most of the time. You've got, uh, you know, a standard attack and a special attack buttons for most uh, of the original fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, and with all of the DLC characters, they've kind of like broken that up in interesting ways. And with mm. this one, they've actually, uh, so for those of you who don't remember arms, uh, it was who there. Who doesn't remember arms? I, <laughs> I don't think it's that huge. game it was did huge. well. Was it, it? Everyone loves arms. Everyone, <laughs> everyone <laughs> loves DNA man. You know what? Do you remember DNA says. man? Everyone loves uh, all the people. Boy, you about to catch those arms. That's what they be saying. That's what they be saying. Um, but yeah, it's the that uh, it was a fighting game where you know you were these uh, boxers essentially with long springy arms. Um, so instead of the regular, like usually you hit A to uh, do regular attacks in Smash Brothers, and B is like special moves. Uh, a and B actually control separate arms on this on Min Min's on Min Min um and one of the things about arms is that you could switch out like what your hand was basically and it has different effects uh so they've got that kind of element where you can change what glove she's wearing on her right arm and one of them's like extra fast and has like a little bit more coverage as far as angles but doesn't do as much damage one of them's like kind of a slower punch that is uh you know, really, really heavy hitting, but it's very hard to hit. And the big thing about her basically is because arms is like these, they have these spring arms, like her punch can cover the length of the fucking, like basically most of the like fields. But the issue there being that if you get dodged and like closed in on, uh, you have a lot less options. She can do a few short range kicks, but they're not super strong. It's like not, very it's not super viable Wait, to do her punches close. not work up close they do but they're super easy to dodge there's like a uh, i see it's like the 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 um what's it called the the startup animation is slow enough that if someone's on you like your your response should be to try to get away um right. but it's like she's like a real zoning character and like that's interesting like you want to keep them as, as far away as possible her um her like tilt attacks you can do in the air normally when you do an air, an attack in the air it's actually something different for each character um but mm. for these it's just her it's still her punches because the idea so it's is still about just keeping people away from keeping you. distance as much as possible yeah, yeah. um it's, so it's a very different play style and like that's i mean one of the things i don't know how i feel like it's going to be difficult to use but if somebody can get really good with her it could be uh, kind of interesting in shaking up the like speed of those matches that normally yeah. happens but um we'll we'll see what it what it looks like once it gets into like competitive hands i'm interested as always to just because like hey this is a new way to play this game like this is a new fighter that isn't just like look we've added so and so and like it works the way you think it's like we added so and so and that it's changing something fundamental about the way that we usually make these characters mm-hmm. so you know they keep cool. doing that it's great i love it Who's huh? next? Was there a tease as to who's next? Um, no, I don't think so. No. Okay. Which is unfortunate. I'm just always curious. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll they added, they added Vault Boy, as a me what? character. Why? What? <laughs> I don't know. They keep doing this. Uh, they do these like costumes for the me yeah. characters, which are like the three like customizable one's a um kind of samus like one's uh link like and the other one's uh kind of punchy like captain falcon ish 
style okay. characters that are customizable, the the me brawlers, and those have like they make different costumes for them. Right. Um, so that was how they added Sans. Sans, yeah. Wait, into, what was was Sans a Samus? What was Sans? Yes, Sans was a Samus, and he had one of okay. his like skull cannons that you get during that fight if you ever fight him as yeah, the like, sure. gun. Yeah. Um. So they added Vault Boy, also a Samus, because Ray Gun. Um, sure. And also Heiachi from Tekken, the right, brawler. Great. And mm-hmm. who was the other one? I'm seeing uh, <laughs> Callie and Marie from Splatoon, yes, from which Splatoon. is kind of clever. Uh, they, they look strange because they, they also they all strange. they make them with the 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 me faces, so they right. have a limited, which is they sure first, do. <laughs> so they look weird, um, but it's fine. Vault Boy looks like Vault Boy. This yes, is why, like, which he, is weird. Wait, that's not in the. Is that's that not in the me? No, no, that's no. They the totally just made a full ass like. Yeah. Uh, they did that with Sans too, because you can't really. Um, but because you could, but it would be hideous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was most of that. Cool. Uh, Smash. There's also a new stage which looks like, eh, you know, any other. Yeah. Stage. Mm-hmm. It's like fits the the arms like. Uh, arenas look and stuff like that, but. Yeah. I'm down. You know, yeah. shout out yeah. to Smash. Um, any, anyone else have anything else they want to shout out? I know, Rob, you uh, you are also, like me, playing some Hard Space Shipbreaker. I don't know if you have you have imminent thoughts on that or if you want to save that for next time. I don't know. How, how we you can feel? talk about it more last time. Yes. It's, it's cool, but I'm in that same space of I want to play the more advanced, maybe finished version of this yeah. when Man. like more of the narrative stuff is in there. Uh, the narrative because... stuff that's there is cool enough that like I want to see, I want to play the game with more of it. Damn it! Right, because <laughs> I do. Because I do like you know if, to give you the elevator pitch on this game. Uh, basically, imagine homeworld ships taken to a breaking yard, uh, and you are a, a shipbreaker there. Who your job is to dismantle uh, decommissioned ships, and it is a starship disassembly puzzle game in some ways. And it's all about like uh, managing zero G and really quickly learning how to cut apart ships and salvage their most valuable components. Uh-huh. And that's fun. That, that's, that's a lot of fun. Like that is a thing that, you know, I, I think I played yeah, like nine I, hours of this really quickly, just yes. getting really good at like <laughs> slicing through ships and figuring out how to, you know, you start each shift with a complete shift and you get really good really fast at within like two minutes, that thing is just floating in pieces uh, <laughs> that you are now just starting to slice apart. But as you get more challenging ships, more advanced ships, they do become a little bit trickier to disassemble right there's more hazards inside of them they're also a bit better put together and so things that used to have like really easy uh cut points where like you know you cut in these two places and a panel falls off you suddenly it turns into more of a game of like okay i actually have to cut a square through here using a laser cutter and then pull that aside very carefully and start dismantling the ship uh, all of that's really, really good, but the conceit of this is also that you are kind of in a um, sort of uh, debt indenture situation to this uh, Lynx company that is running the breaking yard, and the entire thing is very um, Duncan Jones Moon 
in mm-hmm. some ways. Like literally down to the fact that if you die on the job, uh, they the company charges you for the cost of your clone and then you're back on shift. And it it's clear that like there's going to be a lot of world building stuff happening. It seems like there's going to be a bit more narrative unpacked between shifts. But right now, mostly what is there is, hey, why don't you cut up these ships? And that's a lot of fun. But I'm sort of in that place where I want to protect the final experience as well, where I want to enjoy that story and not be getting kind of frustrated because yeah. I've been through this ship progression so many times. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and, and I think that at the same time, this is like it's been such a great uh, proof, you know, test case, uh, uh, proof of concept that the ship breaking stuff just works. It's just so good to do that. I'm happy to I'm happy to buy in with time when it's done for sure at this point. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll check back in with that maybe maybe much further in the future then once it's once it's further developed. Um, I think that's probably going to do it for us today. I'm I'm beat and need to eat lunch and need to face a week in front of us mm-hmm. uh which is the worst part about finishing the podcast on a monday is it's still a monday and we still <laughs> yeah. have the rest of monday to do <laughs> and i think all of us probably have a lot of stuff on our on our plates um so where can people find you on the internet gita you can find me at XOXO Gossip Gita. And good luck with the move. I know that's coming up very, very shortly now. Uh, yes, so thank you. I need <laughs> good a look. Good luck and Godspeed. Yeah. Kato, how about you? Find me in the last city on Earth, getting ready for that big old egg to crack open. Rob, you missed some stuff. <laughs> we went into. Don't worry. Traveling an egg now? Oh, Rob. <laughs> oh, Rob. Oh, Rob. <laughs> Oh, my brother. We were waiting for that big old egg to hatch. Yeah. <laughs> you get ready for this yolk. Is Kato roosting? We are, no, Kato is not roosting. Nah. The darkness. The yeah. darkness is roosting, my friend. Guardian, <sighs> you must stay here in the last city and move around once every hour and keep the traveler warm. <laughs> you should. You should we, I'll send you some timestamps. Yeah. Uh, Rob, where can people find you on the internet? At Rob Zachney. Follow me at Austin underscore Walker. Follow all of us, twitter.com slash waypoint for all the, the coverage of video games you need. That's probably not true. You probably need more than what we got, but like ours is pretty good. Come come check it out. You <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> I'm not gonna fucking false sell you. You know, you're not gonna get the latest on there's probably not gonna be a story about the Smash trailer. If that's what you need in your drip feed, sorry, we don't got it for you. But we got us caught on a podcast being excited about it. Yeah. That's better, in my opinion. <laughs> Anyway, you know, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I'm Shout with outs. you on that. That's all. Yeah. Shout outs to Bowen for the track. Miss you off the EP panel machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Uh, we'll be back later this week with another episode. Send some questions in. I would love to do a question bucket episode uh, soon uh, just because not because it's like a dry spell, but I just I, I feel like answering. I feel like answering some questions, some silly questions, some serious questions, a mix thereof. Uh, we get we get a lot of serious questions, so if you have a good goofy question, send it to gamingatvice.com. Uh, otherwise, I promise you, we have we have some deep dive stuff already. Um, all right, until later this week, until Friday. I hope, as always, you continue to say, "Fuck capitalism, go home."
when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hi. Yeah, it's, uh, there's always a bit of moving depression because <laughs> there's just that, like, there's the things that are easy to pack where you're like, all right, I know exactly where that's going to go. They're the big objects that occupy a lot of, like, mental space. Yeah. And then you realize how much stuff you just never think about. Yes. And the task of, like, figuring out where it goes and how to pack it and how to collect it and categorize it just... Usually there's a there's a point where like it's late at night and I'm just on the verge of tears in my mostly packed up apartment yeah. and I'm genuinely thinking about I could just leave all this stuff. Like yeah. I don't even know what half of it is. That's going to happen to me. I luckily I did do this thing. I'm recording by the way just in case you wanted to use this cotton for poster prepon. Um I'm I'm <laughs> I I luckily got containers for like under the bed and like under the table the little bedside table i have storage oh. so a lot of those weird knickknacks i have already are in some kind of container where i don't even have to think about That's it i'm good. just like this box goes in a box it's done <laughs> um but there's still all this like random shit i have these two little like cloth boxes full of socks and underwear and i don't really know what's in there and i know i have to just spend like two hours going through every single thing and figuring out what it is and that's the thing that's going to kill me yeah yeah Hacking. when like you were it. uh how hot does that apartment get was the, it's ground level so is it a little cooler oh a little God. breezier it's so much cooler. It's not yeah. breezy. There's not a huge amount of windows, but we did. We were there yesterday. We didn't have the AC on, and it was still just significantly cooler than both of our current apartments. Nice. Yeah, I'm. I'm really psyched about moving in. I got some patio. There was patio furniture on like deep discount at IKEA over the weekend, so I grabbed some of that right quick. And I'm ex- excited to work over my backyard soon. That's going to be nice. Oh my god. I just want someone to knock me out and then I wake up in the new apartment. <laughs> you know? Kato. Uh-huh. The AC is going to be running in the background of this. There's no choice. Okay. But if I turn that off, I will never catch back up with the uh, with the heat in this apartment. <laughs> what floor are you on? Uh, the 11th. Oh, yeah. No, you got to have that on. <laughs> you have no choice. That's a rough one. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm turning mine off. I'm doing it. I'm going in. It's too close. It's too close to the mic. Yeah. I'm leaving the fan on now. Uh, I would also bet on this pod being the last one I'm on until I moved and settled into my new place. Just because, yeah, I, I got to take all this down. The dismantling is accelerating. Yeah. <laughs> you could do what I did before uh, I left LA, which was... <laughs> Leave everything set up so I could continue playing uh, binary domain, <laughs> and then <laughs> rather than pack, go hang with Austin at the Vice office, 
and then come back and immediately injure my back. Oh, cool. Yeah, I definitely want to do that. That sounds great. That, that, that sounds like the disagree. ideal. <laughs> no, um, I'm, um, I'm going to give myself until the weekend to play games on the big boy computer, but the arm is like getting in the way of me moving around at this yeah. point. It's yeah. got to go. Yeah. Um, time dot is? Let me open that shit up. I'm here now. I'm good. Uh, okay. Uh, let's do 18 seconds. Woo! I opened it at 17. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, made I trusted it, you'd get there. I really I, did. Yeah, I, I really <laughs> did. Running a hurry up. Yeah, exactly. Um, today is the sports. Whoa. Well. Yeah. Uh huh. Those are still a thing, huh? They oh, are. yeah, they're definitely going to be a thing. Everything's going to work out well. <laughs> how many baseball oh, players no. are already? How many baseball? They're, they're supposed to be reporting the the, floor, the NBA thing. They're supposed no, to be reporting the, I was saying the, the, the baseball thing was that, what, like, ele- was it 11 people got tested positive during the spring Ew. camps? Yeah, I have no idea. I remember I heard something about, like, 20 Cowboys uh, tested positive. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know how any of this is going to work. This, this I know you mean sounds. the sports team, but I just imagined cowboys, that just yeah. 20 Cowboys, man. It's like some Bad sort man. of rough buddy. kids book, like 20 Cowboys got. <laughs> yeah. That's two um, times 10. The, uh, yeah, the NBA and the NBA Disney thing is just going to be a nightmare. It's the funniest version of Bioshock I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. I was just like. A mediocre white dude stumbles into into a theme park and is like, "What happened here?" It's like, "Oh well, there was a there was a pandemic, but we loved basketball too much." All these, all these really weirdly tall, yeah, these weirdly tall corpses. All these tall skeletons. What's with all these tall skeletons? <laughs> Fucking funny. What's with all- <laughs> God. Oh my oh, god. God. My parents always said I'd have a choice. And then just looking down at a pair of trading, like a Jordan and a Kobe trading card. Oh my god! All the all the environmental graffiti is is just lines from NBA Jam, like oh, it's warming it. up. Yeah, well, he's war- it's, it's warming up. God, Audio man. logs, like he's on fire. He's on fire. Is it the shoes? Question mark. Really oh solemn. I- Audio logs were like. Uh, Adam Silver is laying out his philosophy for how they're going to do this right and like be an example to the world and then like but I'm a little bit worried about the Kyrie faction I don't think I need to do anything about it no one will believe what that guy says anyway what's a woge bomb it's just like written all over the place no one it seems like it was devastated after a woge bomb hit here's here's what's really going to sell it Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> scrolled. Oh my god. Ugh. Just think about it. Just think about it. Mm-hmm. Just you mm-hmm. know, walking into mm-hmm. a room and there's a huge mural and it just says "Trust the process." Trust the process. And you walk into a room and it's just scrawled oh, all over post-it notes god. all over the walls. Love it. Incredible. I love video games. I love video games. We did it. We did it, everybody. We made one. God. <laughs> Also, Tall Skeletons is a great name for a studio, just as an FYI. For anyone out there looking for a good studio name, Tall Skeletons. Tall skeletons. 
have fun with that. Uh, I'm not turning on my camera today. I feel and look like shit. So, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Rob, for throwing you out there as the only camera person today. Um, all right, I'm going to do an intro.